Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Andrea Knebel loved her children and loved helping other families find their missing loved ones. As an investigator with Missing in America, Andrea volunteered her time to help look for missing people. She was good at digging up information, not only online, but she wasn't shy or afraid to go talk to people in the community. That's why when she went missing herself on August 13th, 2019, everyone was shocked. No one quite knew what to think. The clues in her disappearance led everyone in multiple directions. Truths about Andrea's life would come out, and some of it was a complete surprise to those that knew her best. Rumors swirled with thoughts on what happened to Andrea, and the city of Louisville, Kentucky, was on watch for this 37-year-old mother. It has now been three and a half years since anyone last saw or heard from Andrea. Where is Andrea Michelle Knabel? And welcome back to the Where Are They podcast and part two of our story on a Kentucky mother, Andrea Knebel, who vanished into the night almost without a trace. In this part two, we are going to look at what investigations into her disappearance have uncovered and the theories that would develop around these clues. Buckle up because this one is pretty interesting and very baffling. Before we dive into this tangled web, I want to give a big welcome to our newest Patreon members, Tasha and Aaron. Thank you so much for supporting our show and what we do. Patreon members do get ad-free episodes as well as bonus episodes available only on Patreon and to our subscribers. There will be occasional discount codes for merch as well if you're a patron. Keep an eye open for that. Remember to give us a follow on the socials for any updates, if we get any. We will share them over there. Links for Patreon and our socials will be in the show notes for you. So let's dive into part two of the disappearance of Andrea Knabel. In August of 2019, Andrea was a 37-year-old mother of two boys who had fallen on a rough patch. She had previously been laid off from her corporate job at Humana, and she was in need of some place to stay. She had temporarily moved into her mother's house in the Audubon Park area of Louisville. Her sister Sarah and Sarah's fiancé Ethan were currently the ones living in the home while Ethan was working on renovations there. Andrea and Sarah and Ethan weren't getting along too well. 
It was rumored that around this time, Andrea had begun hanging with an unsavory crowd of people and possibly been dabbling in drugs. At first, that all seemed quite out of character for the super intelligent mother who was college educated and who had dedicated so much of her life already to investigating missing person cases. And of course, the loves of her life, her two little boys. On the night of August 12th, 2019, Andrea likely had an argument with Sarah and Ethan. The argument was possibly over Andrea living with them. She would spend the evening with her other sister, Erin, venting and just chatting about life. Erin encouraged her to go back to the house and try and make things work. It wasn't an option on why Erin couldn't let Andrea stay, but it was said that it was either because of Andrea's possible drug behavior and possibly because Erin had young children, plus the fact that Erin had to get up early the next day for work. Around 1 o'clock a.m., Erin drove Andrea back to the house and dropped her off. But around 1.30 a.m., Erin woke up to the sound of knocking on her door. Andrea was back. She had walked back to Erin's house, saying that no one was answering the door at the house when she'd arrived home and she had nowhere else to go. Erin convinced her to go back home. They would have to eventually let her in. Erin herself had to get up early the next morning. All of the family's personal drama hadn't come out yet, which is okay but it's safe to say that the family was definitely having some trouble with Andrea during this time. Andrea had let her father know that Andrea had come back to the house, and it was his advice to Aaron to tell her to go back to Sarah and Ethan's. Andrea started walking back home at 1.38 a.m., and Aaron watched her walk in that direction before heading back to bed herself. And then Andrea Knabel was never seen or heard from again. In the beginning, police detectives weren't able to do much since Andrea was an adult, but Andrea's father, Mike, did hire a private investigator, and he hired the one that had worked with Missing in America as well, Tracy Leonard. Immediately, Tracy contacted Nancy, the founder and leader of Missing in America, and she told him that it was required of all of her members to have their Google location services turned on. Tracy asked for Andrea's laptop and was given permission to access her location history data. At 1.38 a.m., the phone did show that it was at Erin's house and making the walk back towards her mother's house where she was hoping to stay with her sister. At 1.54 a.m., the phone shows that Erin arrived back at the mother's house. It can't be verified if she made it into the house or not, but it did ping back at her mother's house at that time. At 3.53 a.m., the phone shows active, still at the mother's house. And then it stops pinging. At 6.31 a.m., the phone once again pings at the mother's house, showing active. The phone then goes dead or gets turned off and is never turned back on again. Immediately, suspicion of many falls on Sarah and Ethan. So let's dive into them first. Authorities were able to obtain a search warrant for the home. The house was under renovation. Ethan worked in construction and was doing the renovation on the house himself. The search turned up nothing. Sarah Knabel and Ethan Bates. Sarah and Ethan blamed Andrea for the argument in the fight that night, and they said it was brought on because of Andrea's off behavior and her drug activity. 
and that she had just been acting not herself lately. But later, another version would come out. Sarah and Ethan had been staying there just so Ethan could do some work in a bathroom that had a burst pipe. But months later, very little had been done to fix that bathroom, leaving some in the family to accuse them, them being Sarah and Ethan, of living rent-free and doing no work on the house. Andrea had an argument with her mother that evening, basically stating her displeasure with Sarah and Ethan and her belief that they were taking advantage of their mom. Sarah and Ethan had two different stories at first about Andrea that night. First, they said they never heard her come back to the house. They were sleeping. That's why she didn't get let in. But later on, they said, yes, they did hear her knocking. They just chose to ignore her. It is their claim that they never let her back in the house. Since Andrea's Google history does lead to their house and stops there, many people have kept Sarah and Ethan on their radar. Ethan does have a criminal record, although it mainly seems to have to do with drug charges. Sarah and Ethan were said to not have been the most cooperative in the investigation either. But other than being the last possible place that Andrea was seen or known to be, there isn't anything else to connect Andrea's disappearance to Sarah and Ethan. Sarah is currently estranged from the rest of the family, claiming that they blame her for what might have happened to Andrea. But her family claims that is completely false. In a tragic sense, in losing Andrea, they have also lost their other daughter, Sarah, as well. But Sarah and Ethan aren't the only ones that have raised some suspicion in the disappearance of Andrea Knabel. Missing in America Missing in America has its fair share of accusations here as well, and this gets complicated, so I'm going to break it down into two main points that have come up. First, Missing in America was a volunteer group of women who took it upon themselves to investigate missing person cases. Nancy, the founder and the leader, also worked to gain a reputation for Missing in America, which seemed to rub people the wrong way. She was occasionally accused of making things up for publicity, and she was working hard to get a documentary for her work. She hired film crews and even tried working with different YouTube channels to try and gain some popularity. This turned people off, thinking Nancy was only doing all of this for fame. In fact, when Andrea first vanished, many people blew it off, thinking that it was a hoax or a stunt perpetrated by Nancy just for attention. All over social media, when Andrea's missing person flyer was posted or someone posted about her disappearance, the comment sections were flooded with people calling it a hoax and for people to stop buying into this story, claiming that they knew Andrea was not missing. This was all a stunt put on by Missing in America for publicity. This, of course, caused her case not to be taken seriously and affected the searches for Andrea. The Missing in America women conducted their own searches and went door-to-door in the Audubon Park area of Louisville and other areas of the city as well, but their presence wasn't really welcomed. 
The second negative publicity for Missing in America happened at the hands of Nancy herself. She stated that the Google activity of one of their members, Suzette, left her questioning if Suzette was telling the truth about the events of the early morning hours of August 13th, 2019. Around 2.12 a.m., Andrea had attempted to FaceTime Suzette. Suzette was one of Andrea's best friends with the Missing in America group. But Suzette didn't pick up that FaceTime. Suzette did, however, message Andrea right back. Maybe she didn't feel like talking or being on camera at 2.12 a.m. It seems logical. She asked Andrea what was up. But not only did Andrea never respond to her, she never even read the message. That message went through at 2.13 a.m., just one minute after the attempted FaceTime. Since we know, according to her location history, that she arrived back at her mom's house at 1.54 a.m., this FaceTime came through to Suzette just 18 minutes later. What was she doing for that 18 minutes? Was she trying to get into the house? Was she knocking? And then what happened to cause her not to read Suzette's response just one minute later? Now here's where it gets a little bit iffy. I can't confirm how this information first got out there, but soon reports start to circulate with fingers pointing at Suzette. Her location history showed her crossing the bridge between Ohio and Indiana, the bridge that connects Louisville, Kentucky to Indiana at around 3 a.m. She had told everyone that she was at home at that time. So why was she tracked going across the bridge at 3 a.m., just 48 minutes after receiving a FaceTime call from Andrea? Then, about 15 minutes later, Suzette's car goes back over the bridge. Many thought that maybe Suzette had taken Andrea somewhere in Indiana and dropped her off. But Suzette said that wasn't true and remained steadfast that she wasn't going over the bridge at that time. But yet there was evidence to show that she did, or at least her car did. This started the divide among the Missing in America women, leading the group to actually disband for a while. Suzette is confronted by a detective about this information and asked why her car was going over the bridge at that time. Suzette said she didn't have any idea, but she then said, well, maybe I did, but I forgot. Now, I thought that was odd. I mean, if I'm traveling over a bridge at 3 a.m. when I'm supposed to be home, I'd like to think that I'd remember that. So... Suzette remained a person of interest, at least in the mind of Nancy at Missing in America, and likely the private investigator Tracy Leonard as well. Other members of Missing in America were conflicted. They didn't know what to think. Neither did Andrea's family. In January of 2021, retired homicide detective Joe Fenchuelli takes on this case and flies to Louisville. He immediately begins looking into all of the theories and goes to talk to Suzette. Suzette says she still doesn't understand. Suzette also admitted that she did receive a bill from the turnpike for a toll on the bridge that day for $8, and she paid it. Another thing that makes Suzette look interesting in this story. 
So Detective Joe goes to the Turnpike Commission to investigate for himself, and he pulls the records for Suzette's license plates that day and discovers something interesting. Suzette's car did indeed go over the bridge on August 13th, 2019, but not at 3 a.m. Rather, it was 3 o'clock p.m. Talk about an odd coincidence, but it does clear things up as to Suzette's whereabouts in those early morning hours and then later in the day. At least it sort of does. I still have questions, though. Like how and why did Nancy believe Suzette's car went over at 3 o'clock a.m.? Where did she get that information to begin with? And if all members had to have their Google location history on, what did that show for her whereabouts? I don't know. The whole story seems to have holes in it, maybe intentionally so. But Detective Joe says there really wasn't any additional reason to look at Suzette further. Nancy did apologize to Suzette, and in fact, the Missing in America ladies would reunite. Of course, those that believed Missing in America was using Andrea's disappearance to gain fame or notoriety or credibility thought that this was all part of that stunt. Tracy Leonard. Detective Tracy Leonard had worked with Nancy and Missing in America on some previous cases. Nancy believed their partnership would help lead them to a documentary or a reality show. Tracy Leonard worked with his brother as a private investigator on many cases. They seemed to have some successes although some weren't too thrilled with their tough guy methods. Tracy also spoke very highly of Andrea, thought she was the most educated and well-spoken out of all the women in Missing in America. Tracy and Andrea worked together on several cases. In the beginning, Andrea's father, Mike, believed that Tracy had good intentions and was the perfect person to help find his daughter. After all, He knew her already, and with his missing person investigative skills, Mike hoped he could use that knowledge to help find Andrea. Tracy looked skeptically at Sarah and Ethan, but also wondered if a past case might have had something to do with her disappearance as well. It was also considered that maybe she was just having such a difficult time, there was no argument from anybody that Andrea was struggling, Perhaps she just took off to start fresh somewhere else. Although the reason that everyone that knew Andrea couldn't believe this theory was because of her two little boys. She was a doting and loving mother, and no one could ever believe that she would leave those two little boys behind. Tracy and his brother dove in and spent months and months investigating. So when Detective Joe came on the case in January of 2021, the first thing he did was reach out to Tracy Leonard. Tracy had over a year of notes and he would be a good person to talk to as he got started. Joe and Tracy spoke on the phone a few times and agreed to meet up once Joe got into Louisville. He would share his notes and perhaps they could come up with some answers together. When Joe arrived in Louisville, he called Tracy and left a message. This went on for hours and then days. Tracy would not take his calls and Joe couldn't figure out why. Finally, 
He reached Tracy and Tracy said that he had just decided he wasn't 100% sure about sharing his notes and all of his hard work with Joe. Later, Tracy's office building caught fire and everything was lost, including all of the notes he had on Andrea's case, which he said was mostly on paper because he was old school. Joe was skeptical, but basically now he had to start the investigation at square one. He was working under two beliefs. Number one, Sarah and Ethan had more information than they were sharing. Or number two, she had been picked up by someone in those early morning hours. Another possibility did arise, however, when Joe learned that Andrea had been working on a case undercover. In fact, Andrea had made a video mentioning just that, and Tracy did confirm it. When Joe asked Nancy about Andrea's work on this case, about Andrea going undercover, Nancy said that she was completely unaware of this and immediately teared up. She knew the case that they were talking about, and she said she called her entire team off of the case because of the danger it potentially held. She said she had no idea that Andrea had continued working on this case with Tracy. Now, originally, I was going to include some details of that case here, and you can find more information about it online. But the more research I did into it, it seems that Andrea's connection to that case is greatly exaggerated in many media reports for interest. Very sensationalized. It is possible she was working undercover in a dangerous case. And maybe that has something to do with her disappearance. But the rumors have run wild with the different theories in that. And almost everyone close to her doesn't believe that it was true. So what happened to Andrea Knable? It has been three and a half years with no answers. Do Sarah and Ethan know more than they are saying from what happened that night? Did Andrea get picked up by someone she knew when she realized she had nowhere to go? It did appear that she tried calling several people in those early morning hours. Did one of them go and get her? Was Andrea so distraught at everything that was going on in her life that she possibly harmed herself? Could this have been a crime of opportunity from someone driving by in those early morning hours? Did Andrea run away to start a fresh life somewhere else? So many possibilities here. I'm curious to know your thoughts. Was Andrea in a tough place? Yes, it does seem that way. Was she into drugs? Possibly. Was she having some mental health struggles? Also possibly. Was she vulnerable and an easy target? Also very possible. I think it's the sheer lack of clues in this case that baffle me so much. Andrea Knebel is described as a Caucasian woman, five foot seven inches tall, and weighing around 180 pounds when she was last seen on August 13th, 2019. Andrea was 37 years old and would today be 41. She has brown hair and hazel eyes, and both of her ears are pierced. She was last known to be wearing a light-colored tank top, white shorts, and light-colored Nike shoes. 
Anyone with any information on the whereabouts of Andrea Knabel is asked to contact the Louisville Metro Police Department at 502-574-7111 or the Clarksville Police Department at 812-288-7151. Remember, a lot of what we have in this case is noise. But sometimes speculations are formed based on educated guesses and can lead us to answers. The problem is when these speculations go too far. And we've seen a lot of that craziness, especially over social media in this case. Andrea was last seen in the morning hours of August 13th, 2019. That is a fact. From there, we just don't know. Thank you so much for listening to Andrea's story today. And let's hope that her family can have answers soon, very soon, one way or another. I also want to direct you to a few other media sources on Andrea's case, if you'd like to continue diving in. There is a documentary on the Discovery Channel called Finding Andrea. It's also available on a few different streaming services. It's a four-part series, so it goes into a lot of different things. It does seem that some bits and pieces might have been sensationalized, as is normal for television productions, but there are several interviews within with Andrea's family members, Missing in America members, and the private detectives that we've talked about, Joe Fenicielli and Tracy Leonard. A few different podcasts have covered her story over the years, including the Unfound podcast. There is also an active Facebook group called Finding Andrea. I'll link to it in the notes. You will find several groups out there for Andrea, and some of them mean well, probably most of them. But as always, in any of these missing person cases, use caution when joining groups like this to make sure they are run by reputable sources. I can't tell you how many missing person pages and groups I have found only for them to be run amok with crazy off the wall theories and speculation, victim blaming, family blaming. Some of them are really out of line. So again, make sure you join an official one so you're getting accurate information. Thank you again for tuning in to part two of our story on Andrea Knabel. If anyone has any other case suggestions, please reach out to me anytime via social media or at canwefindthem at gmail.com. If you made it this far and appreciate our mission to share these stories, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. You can rate us on our Facebook page as well. These ratings do help these cases reach a bigger audience or at least get their names put out there more, which is exactly what they all need. Our next Patreon series begins this weekend, Missing College Students. If you're a patron, be sure to watch for that. We will also be offering a discount merch code and a preview of our new merch designs for 2023 very soon. We will be back again soon with another unsolved missing person case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.